Feels good to bring you some winning highlights and some winning post-game comments after the, well, win by the USF football team against Temple 34-14 where they broke a school rushing record and an asterisk put next to that, and it's a positive asterisk. I can say that. It was quite the weekend at Raymond James Stadium. In fact, of course, the Bulls played on Saturday night. And then later on Sunday, the Bulls took down the Chicago Bears, scored a bunch of points. Both teams did. I actually got to go to the Bucks game, which was something pretty cool and normally don't get to do. Got a buddy who offered me to go with him and definitely took advantage. So, yeah, nice stuff at Raymond James Stadium for sure. And, of course, we'll focus on the Bulls here shortly. We'll also tell you what went on this weekend with the soccer teams as well as volleyball. When I say soccer teams, the women were out of action, but what happened as far as their place in the standings and their situation going into their season finale on Thursday night, still in control of their own fate for the number one seed in the American Athletic Conference, meaning they get to be playing at home, well, next week. And then on the men's side, not such a good second half against SMU, but we'll still tell you where they sit as well. Volleyball, another tough weekend, especially on Friday night. Halfway through the conference schedule, 0-10, but half of those 10 losses in five sets, including another gut-wrencher on Friday. But we'll still give you those details. We'll also tell you what's going on with golf. I know that baseball and softball have been scrimmaging and or exhibitioning, and I will promise to get to more details on what they've been up to at some point this week. It is a shortened week, so we're going to have a lot going on on Monday. As a matter of fact, our normal Jeff Scott Tuesday press conference is Monday. It'll be at 12.30, and because the coaches are so crammed, I don't know if we'll have any assistant coaches on the football radio show, but Michael Kelly could be the nice fill-in, but stay tuned for that. That'll be at 6 o'clock, and I always put out the details on who the guests are on the show while we're taping it, so we'll be busy Early Monday afternoon, not only with the press conference, again, heard live at 1230, but taping the radio show. And it'll be all positive stuff. The Bulls, of course, taking down the Temple Owls. It was quite the first quarter. The quarter that featured no scoring also featured two pretty prominent developments. One, you could see, and this is crazy, you know, we do our Get Crazy segment at the end of the first hour in the pregame show and in the postgame show, we do a Get Crazy recap. Well, Pretty much we're always wrong with our predictions. Sometimes we're close, sometimes not really. Well, yours truly predicted that the running game would go for more than 300 yards. It was averaging 141 per game. And we didn't even do the recap. We must have been just so exhilarated with all the other details. Or Jim and Jay just didn't want to give me any credit. But I guess I undershot it, huh? Because you could see at the very beginning that this was going to be a chance for the Bulls to... Well, rack up a bunch of running yards. Handoff, it's Joyner who just entered the game. He's got big yards into Temple territory and out of bounds at the Owls' 40-yard line. Kelly Joyner gets the Bulls another first down. Solid run game so far for USF. First and 10 from the Temple 40. Here's Joyner, busts it up the middle, and he's got 11 more to the 29 of Temple, first and 10. He and Jaron Mangum would both finish more than 100 yards themselves in this game. You'll hear from both of them coming up later on in Bulls Beat. You'll also hear from Antonio Greer and Brad Cecil, a member of that offensive line that, well, Sam Barrington was rightly giving some praise to. He was also rightly giving some praise to Chris Carter, as you probably heard by now, the other play has said the first quarter had some significant stuff despite the fact that it had no points. Well, main reason it had no points is the hustle of the Bulls' tight end on a botched field goal attempt. 
This will be a 27 yard attempt from the near hash with Scribner holding and the snap goes over Scribner's head. It's a loose ball. It's picked up by Temple and Temple is going to run this down toward the end zone. A diving tackle great hustle play at the five yard line by Chris Carter. But this game has really turned around on a high snap. Keyshawn Paul a cornerback made the recovery on the dead run for Temple and he took it all the way to the five yard line. That's the type of teammate you want to have an unselfish guy a tight end who ran down a cornerback a defensive back. You just don't see that happening and the only way you get that done is with phenomenal effort and I'm so happy he went and tackled that guy. Now the defense has an opportunity to stop this Temple offense. You could tell Sam Barrington was thinking what I was thinking which is they're going to at least keep Temple to three here because that play has to happen for a reason. Well, went even better than that. And again, no points in the first quarter, but you'll hear the play that kept Temple off the board started really swinging things in the Bulls' momentum. Actually, the Carter play did. And then what the head coach had to say about all that. Third and goal from the 12. Mathis to throw, looking toward the end zone. Picked off by the Bulls. Deflected ball, and the Bulls get the turnover in the end zone. Makai LaPointe and USF keeps Temple off the scoreboard. Tip of the hat to you, Chris Carter. You saved your team seven points. Uh, the play of the game to me uh, was early in the first quarter, Chris Carter. I mean, that, that, that was just the, the play of the game right there, right? And uh, again, it's a great example of an event happens, right? What's your response going to be? You can't control the event. It just happened. But your response is going to dictate the outcome, right? The old uh, E plus R equals O right there. And to see Chris Carter run that guy, and he, I don't know who it was. He looked like a fast guy to me, safety or something. But to run him down, as I was watching that, what was going through my mind is this is the heart of this team right here, right? And it's easy for me to get up here each week and talk about it. And obviously, at the end of the day, it's about results. I'm not uh, – I'm the first one not to – to give moral victories and all that. But you can still see progress in a team uh, before you see uh, the final results turn and change. And watching him, that effort that he had right there, running that down, and then to our defense to go out there first and goal with the five, right, and to be able to play, play the next play and get zero points, I think that set the attitude and the mindset for the game right there. I think if they would have gone and scored right there, it, you know, who knows what could have happened right there. But, man, I, I'm just so proud. I, I think – you know, I'm going to look back on that at the end of the season. Like, that was the turning point, right? What are the plays that really turn it? It was that – it had been very easy, right? The common response is to – I mean, he's a wing on the field goal team, right? Is to look back and go, man, what happened? And just kind of jog after it. Uh, but, man, I, I'm so proud. I told our guys – that's the first thing I told them at halftime. Uh, that right there. USF football Twitter page put out a video, a lot of great videos, obviously, but his post-game speech to his team, and that was dramatically the – main point of that post-game speech so you still had to go 80 yards but yeah it was the running game of course but there were just a couple and they didn't have to have many of key passes in this game and Timmy McLean who would not finish the game more than that later had to convert a third and five early on and well just did enough and then another quite significant development in this game fourth down conversions funny enough didn't see anybody talking about the uh, play calling on Twitter in this occasion it seems like 
the coaching staff that some folks wanted to, you know, get rid of after a bad call against Tulsa, which the head coach admitted was not the right call, was making all the right calls, and the Bulls were hitting all the right notes, and the offensive line was clearing all the big spaces. Here's that first scoring drive. McLean looking to throw. He's got a man near the 30, and it looks like this is enough for the first down. It's Yusef Terry, and he got five, and that's a first down. Bulls went with a tight formation there, giving McLean a little bit of extra time, and he was able to find Terry, who knew where the sticks were. And now an interesting choice for the Bulls. Fourth and two from midfield, and all indications are they are going to go for it. Bulls fans remember all too well last week, the third and one, the fourth and one. They split McLean out both times and had the direct snap to Mangum. Mangum is the running back, but McLean is still in the quarterback position. Fourth and two. It's Mangum, and he's going to have to push the pile, and it looks like they're going to mark him right near the 48. This is going to be close, and it will depend on the spot. So they're lining it up, and they got a first down. And here we go. Pitch to the right. It's Mangum. He's got the first down. He's heading for the end zone, and he fumbled it, and let's see. Yeah, he was down when that ball popped out. So the Bulls have converted two fourth downs. They got a hurry here. Now they reset it. Play clock was down to two. They reset it. And here's Mangum, and he walks into the end zone. That's 11, Jaron Mangum, Bulls lead. Okay, sometimes maybe you need a little bit of a break, and I thought they got a pretty good spot on that first fourth down conversion, but this team deserves some breaks. Then the defense, which did plenty in this game as well. Temple helped out with the trick play where they went backwards. It gets a stop, and the Bulls have a chance to add on, and they start to put it together through the air. A little swing pass got things going. Of course, the running game kept it going, and then another pass to end the drive. Flared out to the right, caught by Horn, and he's got a little room to run out to the 30, out to the 40, turns on the speed and gets almost to midfield. First and 10 Bulls, that's going to go for about 24 out to the 47-yard line of USF. Third down and eight from the 34. Low snap, he fields it. Hits Darian Felix with the pass, and Felix breaking tackles, and he's going to be very close to the first down. And it's going to be fourth and one. Now what do you do? The Bulls have already converted two fourth downs tonight. Dallison in motion. Mangum, first down Bulls. Well, Jeff Scott's philosophy is believe in his team. And he did it last week in a short yardage situation. USF couldn't convert the football, but I like that he's maintaining that thought process. They're getting called in these fourth and short downs, and he's going for it. Second and goal from the four. Here's McLean rolling left, throws, caught, touchdown! Timmy McLean to Demarcus Gregory. It's only the Bulls' second touchdown pass of this season, and they lead it 13 to nothing with the kick coming. If you like impressive scoring drives, you had a couple there. 19 plays, 80 yards, 9 minutes and 4 seconds on the first one. 12 plays, 93 yards, and it just took 513 on the second one. But then, well, Temple got a 70-yard pass play on the very next play, and all of a sudden it's 14-7, to and you couldn't help but flash back a little to what happened against Tulsa when the Bulls were in similar situation, up by two touchdowns, 
and then it turned around at the end of the first half, and then, well, Tulsa got the ball to start the second half. Again, rightfully so, the Chris Carter play was highlighted, so was the running game, but it took another key third down conversion pass to get the drive going, and again, there would have been plenty of time for Temple to maybe even it up at halftime, but instead, the Bulls extended the lead right at the break thanks to that third down conversion pass and more good stuff. Darian Felix, the running back, third and seven. McLean to throw. It is caught. Bryce Miller, first down. At the 49 of Temple, Bryce Miller, who's been battling the ankle problems, that's only his fifth catch of the year. But it was a big one. First and 10 Bulls with 2.50 left in the half. McLean keeping. Jukes it inside. Jukes it outside. Making men miss. Still on his feet and he's down to about the 29. That's going to be about a 20-yard pickup. McLean comes up hobbling. It'll be a first and 10 for the Bulls on the 28, but McLean really hobbling, and I think he's going to have to tough it out here. He's not coming out. Joyner is now the running back. Yeah, that was the play that ended McLean's night pretty early, but to finish off the drive, the only, for me anyway, hiccup in the entire game was the Bulls on the third down play that came up short, clearly we're going to go for a field goal because it was fourth and six, called timeout right away, and there were still 19 seconds on the clock. I'm thinking, you might want to let the clock wind down to the end, but that didn't cost them. They got the three points, and they took the lead at the half, 17-7. to And let's not forget that Temple came out with the ball in the second half and scored right away, 17-14. to Once again, you couldn't help but flash back to the following week. The Bulls got a big field goal from an absolutely fantastic field goal kicker, and then just as key, the next drive, when it was a one-score game in Temple, you know, it just made it look easy. The defense got a big stop, and then that was it for Temple offensively. Here's some of the big moments of the way the game went in the second half, including some commentary between the third and the fourth quarters, and then we'll get right into our post-game commentary from the head coach. So he's got to get some air under this long attempt. It's up and away. It has the distance, and it's good. Spencer Schrader with a big kick for the Bulls, and USF leads it 20-14. to So now a big play for the Bulls' defense, third and seven, an indicator of how few plays Tulane's had the football. They're just one out of three on third downs. Only their fourth attempt here. Mathis to throw, flares it out. It's caught by the tight end, Smith, and he will be dropped short of the 35, and that's where he had to get to for the first down. That should be a defensive stop for the Bulls unless Tulane really wants to gamble here. Bulls back to the ground game, and this is Joyner. He's got an opening, and Joyner with a big gain into Temple territory, and another first down for the Bulls. Kelly Joyner is going to join Mangum as a 100-yard rusher in this game. And now Mangum is the running back. He had 20 carries in the first half, none so far in this quarter. Yusef Terry in motion, and here is Mangum getting into the secondary, into Temple territory, 40-35, and down to about the 31-yard line. Another big run for Jaron Mangum, and the Bulls move the sticks again. Yeah, we're just going to have to name him Bangum Mangum because that's what he's doing. Joyner gets the call, diving for the end zone. Touchdown, USF. Kelly Joyner, two yards. 
And the Bulls build their lead. It's 26 to 14. Here is Mathis rolling right, fighting off a sack attempt, but now the Bulls get him at the 35. It's Antonio Greer, and the Bulls come up with a big sack. Those have been hard to come by this year. That's only the fourth sack of the season for USF. Greer gets the job done for a loss of seven. He gives it to Brian Batie, and Batie has another big gain out to the 46. That's a 19-yard pickup and another Bulls first down, and that will end the third quarter heading into the fourth quarter. Bulls will have a first and 10, a little bit of a new look at the stadium between quarters as they took down the lights except for the green LED lights, and they are flashing and giving it kind of a nice look down there, Joey, just so we don't have this go on during the game so we can see the plays. Yeah, we just haven't had the opportunity to have this new look. The technology's always been there. Fighting to the goal line, touchdown USF. 12 for Jaron Mangum, two tonight. Empty backfield, Mathis to throw, has time, crossing pattern, juggled and picked off by the Bulls. It's Greer again, he caught the carom, and USF has the football. Another interception for the Bulls. It was juggled by tight end Darius Pittman, it popped up in the air, and the tip drill, one-handed. Greer pulls it in for the interception. They found how to get it done behind their ground game. And it's just a great job because this offensive line has responded so well. These guys have been the workhorses and they're just a great group of guys. Their coach was on the coach's show and he just talked emphatically about his guys, Cecil, Demetrius Harris, and how he was so proud to coach those guys. And you won't hear their names today called out by myself or Jim, but I guarantee that this would not be possible if it wasn't for that group of men. That's how this one will end. And the Bulls have picked up a win over an FBS opponent, and they have done it in very convincing fashion. They outgained Temple by more than 300 yards. The Bulls rush for 421 yards in the game. And just start to finish, the Bulls dominate Temple and get the win tonight, 34-14. to Appreciate y'all giving me a little extra time to celebrate with our guys. That's been a, a long time coming right there. And uh, first thing I want to say is uh, I really want to thank our fans uh, that were here tonight, uh, all the students and all the fans. I know it's been a, a, a tough uh, start to the season, and uh, I know it's a challenge uh, to, to come out uh, when, when you're not having success. Uh, but to, to see when we drove in all the fans that were here and the fans that were here supporting us, uh, on third down and, and be able to see all the students that were still here at the end of the game, uh, that, that really encouraged me. Uh, it, it's easy to, to uh, you know, show up and have a bunch of people here when you're winning, everything's going good, but you know, when, when you're struggling and trying to, to find a way, uh, the, the fans that were here tonight, man, that was just really a blessing to myself, our staff and our players. So I want to start off thanking them. Second thing, uh, man, I'm just so proud of our players. Um, you know, th this would have been a, a nice win uh, at any point in the season. Uh, but to, to say that coming off that, that game last week, I mean, that's the, the toughest week I've, I've had, I know, uh, in a long, long time in my career. And, um, you know, our, our players showing back up Monday morning after everything they've been through. And, uh, you know, it, it's easy to get up there as a coach and, and challenge them what, what's important. 
and uh, you know talk about the response uh, early in the week is going to dictate uh, what happens in the game. You can say that because uh, it's the right thing to say, but ultimately it comes down to the players. And man, this group, you know, they uh, like I've, I've told y'all, they they've just shown up each and every week, and um, they, they chose an uncommon response. You don't have to look uh, very far in college football to see teams coming. Uh, after a, a very difficult, heartbreaking loss. And then the next week, uh, very rarely does it go well. And so I really challenged our guys, you know, that, hey, you know, last year, I think I got the question in here in the press conference last week, and it kind of brought it up. So I appreciate the alley-oop there. But I, I put that up there. I said, hey, last year we had two, two close losses, right? And the, the next week we went out and lost by three, three or four touchdowns, right? And um, so I said, I feel this group, I really do feel very strongly that this team is different, right? Well, these are the weeks you have to show that difference right here, right? If we come out and have the same response, then it's hard to say that we're really different. And uh, one of the first things I told our players in the locker room after the game is uh, I'm proud of them, but I'm really not surprised. <laughs> I'm really not because I, I expected them to play this way today uh, because of the way that they've stuck together and I mean, you sit here, it's, it's tough on our staff. Two years has been a challenge. We still got a lot of stuff in front of us. But these guys have been here for three and four years, maybe not having a lot of success. And uh, for that group to continue to stay together uh, is very uncommon. And uh, I'm just so, so proud of them. And that's the bulk of the show because we really wanted to give the full credence to those highlights and how exciting it was. And you could hear how much it meant to him. And yeah, I love the light display at the end of the third quarter. They've got all these combinations of lights that they can put out there at Raymond James Stadium. So finally a chance, as you heard the guys say, to take advantage of the all-green look. And I thought it was cool, and so did the people that saw it on my Twitter page. More than 9,000 views as we're mentioning this. If you want to go to at Derek Sharp, you can see it for yourself. Just spell Derek properly. That's, of course, D-A-R-E-K. And Sam Barrington, on the he loves Antonio Greer on the Greer pick. I don't know if you heard the noise of what sounds like headsets being removed quickly from one's head. That's because it's what it was. Crossing pattern, juggled and picked off by the balls. For whatever reason, Sam felt the need to come over and basically tackle me. He was that excited. If you don't think it means a lot to that former bull, well, it does. And you could tell it meant a lot to the head coach. Here's a little bit of a sampling of the postgame commentary. We'll start with the running back duo. First of all, of course, Kelly Joyner could see what was going to happen coming. Remember, I said there was an asterisk, 421 yards, a school record. That included minus 24 on the bad field goal snap. So really, they ran for 445 yards. Joyner had 126, followed by Bangum Mangum. Yep, I started that nickname. I think everybody should follow suit, who had 26 carries for 153 yards himself. After the first carry of the game, when Mangum picked up, what, seven? Eight yards. I'm like, oh yeah, it's gonna be like that all night. We're going for the record tonight. Yeah, I showed a little, a little of the wiggle today. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could say um, it was good to get the legs running. Got to pick them up. They got a little bit heavy, uh, but it's all uh, love and um, fun. So um, I'm just, like I said, man, I'm just ecstatic of the performance that we uh, put on tonight. Quite the performance led by that offensive line. We don't forget about them. Here's one of its leaders, Brad Cecil. It was a great feeling. You know, we knew it was coming. Uh, Coach Mo says, just keep pounding the rock, keep pounding the rock, and it's going to break. Tonight it broke, and it felt great. There's no other way I want it. You know, I want the ball behind us. I want it to be in our hands for the whole game. You know, I love the defense. I trust them, but I want them to be off the field for as long as we can because I know that we can, we can run the ball in every single drive. We were fully capable. He said he didn't mind taking it off the defense's shoulders, but the defense did its part. Here's its leader, Antonio Greer. Coach Spencer Carter caught a great game, and 
I got a high belief there's no wrong cause in football, right? It's up to the players to make your defensive coordinator right, right? About hard, hard effort, hard work, and your effort to the ball, right? And that's what it was tonight. It was flying around, good and the bad, man. We were having fun today. We had fun. That's all we wanted. We was having fun. Indeed, it was a lot of fun. That's about it for the show. We'll just go briefly here on soccer and volleyball, and we'll flesh it out more for you tomorrow and what's happening with those teams. Men's soccer, great first half against SMU, a very talented team, but fell behind one nothing, and then kind of fell apart, unfortunately, in the second half, lost 4 to nothing. They still control their own fate for making the conference tournament because Memphis lost. They play in Orlando on Wednesday. I will be going over to call that match. We'll also be back on the microphone for volleyball for a pair at home this weekend. Bulls, as I mentioned, 0-10, but with five five-set losses. This time they were down two sets at Memphis, forced the fifth set, and led 13-8, to two points from victory, and were defeated. Another heartbreaker for Jolene Shepardson's team. Women's soccer was off, could, if things had gone their way, actually have clinched the number one seed in hosting for the conference tournament. But even though Memphis lost, SMU and Houston both won to stay in the running. We'll give you all the details on the conference show around the American. But basically, the conference tournament can only be in one of three cities, Tampa, Dallas, or Houston. Not Memphis, by the way, which has gone from first place to losing three matches in a row. The Bulls wrap up this Thursday at Temple, the regular season anyway, and due to the results over the weekend, could probably just tie that match and get to host the conference tournament. Of course, they'll be looking to win it against a Temple team that lost 5 nothing to UCF. We actually know who the six teams in the conference tournament are going to be. That's settled with one full day Thursday of matches left to go. The order is completely unsettled. So again, tune in to the conference show for more details on that. Remember, go to our Twitter page, at Bulls Unlimited, for all the air times. Women's golf is in South Carolina today and tomorrow for an event. We'll talk more about that on tomorrow's show. And remind you, the Bulls speed ahead with Michael Kelly. We had the show debut on Saturday where he gives you everything that went into the American Athletic Conference expansion and the indoor practice facility construction timeline. So a lot of good stuff. We're still airing that show. Again, follow us on Twitter for all of the airtimes of everything here. Thanks for listening. That's going to wrap it up for Bulls Beat on a Monday. I'm Derek Sharp.